PR. My name's Jade, and today we're going to talk about all things the dairy state. (laughs) So, a a tip for the youngsters out there, if you're recording a podcast, don't eat a goddamn Almond Joy while you're talking. (laughs) I haven't had an Almond Joy in forever. Oh. When did I become an old... I've I feel like old, old people eat almond joys, honestly. I haven't like had any candy candy in forever. Andrew has candy daily. My man. Oh, Scruffy's chasing. Young at heart. Um so before we go too much further, I think we need to to determine if this is going to be our Halloween episode. Since this will be the first one to come out uh since this will be the one to come out right before Halloween. Or if we want to make the one that will come out right after Halloween, the Halloween episode. Jade, you're the resident expert in all things spooky. What do you think? Um, I don't know, because, I mean, if it's the Halloween episode, does that mean we're going to talk about Halloween things? I have an intro question prepared for our, the Halloween episode. And I just want to know if I should, like, uh, fire that one off or save it for next week. I mean, I kind of want to make this the Halloween episode because I'm here this week, and I can also talk a lot about the big YouTube trend that is paranormal investigation vlogs. I also have a stack of questions for you about what's going on on YouTube right now, so I am thrilled that you are here, Jade. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Here on episode 72 of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast, coming at you live on October 27th, 2019. Today on the podcast, joining us once again, we have someone who the society fears above so many other things, and that is a confident woman with a strong sense of self-worth, Jade Morshauser. I'm here to destroy all cis white male... Um, wait, I just lost my track <laughs> <the thought. laughs> All just cis white males. <laughs> that It ends there. <laughs> it, you're, the end is near. <laughs> she will end you whether you like it or not. Congratulations if you like it. Also on the podcast, we have Do the Creep, which is both Halloween-y and a Lonely Island reference, getting it in there. Andrew Clark. You know, I'm really disappointed that you you didn't go for the uh, the ultimate joke and say we have something that society fears. You know, a strong woman with a strong sense of self worth. Andrew Clark. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going with that. And frankly, I'm a little disappointed. Duly noted for next year. Uh, and then I am Lucas, Spooky Scary Skeletons Derider. Ryan is on assignment in Europe, will be joining us next week. And before we go any further, I just want to start us off with a very Halloween-y intro and ask you guys a simple question. If you were a serial killer or, like, the bad guy in a slasher movie... What do you think your calling card would be, or like the gimmick you have when you kill people? Why? 
Andrew's motion at me to answer this first, but I don't have an answer yet. <laughs> okay, I ooh ooh, I just thought of something. Go for um, it. Um, I leave a tarot card with them. Ooh, I feel like that sounds like really like cryptic, and like people be like, "What does it mean? Like, what it, does that have to do with like the motivation be- behind the murder?" But I'm really just pulling a random card and throwing them out. Throwing <laughs> it, off of it means nothing. Um, <laughs> pretty good. My calling card would be I would uh, turn my victims into like a nice sangria. Okay. Um, so like I, I'd have my victim there. Like I, I'd, I'd leave them and wherever I leave them. And then I'd like throw a bunch of like oranges and cherries and grapefruit slices on them. Uh, maybe like some salt, some, you know, you, uh, we don't need red wine because we have the blood. But yeah. Right. So like. You know, I'm 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 a serial killer, but you know, I know how to have fun, right? You know, yeah, I know how to have fun. You're the brunch killer, yeah. Okay, I think for mine, what I would do is I'd kill like uh, maybe five or six people over the course of two or three months, uh, and I cut off we're not their hand. Body count here, Lucas. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a part of it. This is a part of my broader. Like, M.O., like, calling card thing. Um, like, they'd have their hands cut off, you know? And, you know, then, then the rumor would start to spread. Oh, my God, there's a serial, the cutting, the, like, missing hand serial killer or something. But then, like, after that started happening, the cops would notice weirder killings going on where it's like, Oh man, somebody like clearly blew up a boat and sunk it. Or like people, the, the, the cops found like people's cut off faces hanging off of balloons. And then like a bunch of people would be chopped up and molded into like the shape of a dragon. And then like the Holden. Then the Holden of the police station would realize. Hold on, guys. These aren't independent. They're all connected. This isn't the missing hands killer. This is the llamas with hats killer. I was just going to say, you're just saying llamas with hats tropes. Yes. That's all this was. That would be my shtick as a serial killer. <sighs> tell me that wouldn't be good, though. Uh, I-, I will tell you that if someone started murdering people and cutting off their hands and faces, no, that would not be good. Hot take. I think that would make a fun horror movie. And All I would right. hope and I would hope that Jason Steele would at least get a uh consulting credit on it. I don't know if I don't I don't think he wants that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean what is he gonna tweet out like always happy to see fans? <laughs> <laughs> Love uh, to see my work just being like reenacted in everyday life. Like so happy to see that he was a true fan and he really took it to the heart. <laughs> that, that guy, Lucas DeRider. He knows all he my re- work. <laughs> he realizes some stuff and has to rewrite the second half of the Charlie the Unicorn finale. Um, okay, so I'm glad that you posed this question because mm-hmm. I also had a couple of question prompts. Okay. Uh Maybe I'll save some of them for next week, but uh, one of them that I really wanted to ask you guys right now is, I had a dream a couple nights ago. Oh, boy. And in the dream, I 
remember that I, you know, I pulled out my phone, I was on Twitter, and I tweeted. You know, I, I, I typed out a tweet, and I sent it, and then I woke up the next morning, and the tweet had blown up. It had gone viral, you know, thousands of likes, you know. Still within the dream. Okay. Still, still within the dream, yes. Um, and I did what every person does when a a tweet that they have blows up and says, you know, check out my SoundCloud, and I promoted the podcast. And as a result of this viral tweet, the podcast got famous, got tons of people checking on it. You know, we we are now a successful podcast. However, by the time I woke up, I did not remember what that tweet was. <laughs> so what do you guys think that I tweeted to make the podcast famous? I want to say that you probably tweeted, fuck SoundCloud rappers, check out my SoundCloud podcast. <laughs> Not, not bad, not bad. What about you, Lucas? Uh, don't clap, fuck clap, with clap, spiders. I thought this was all like one sentence, like not the emoji. I thought you were just saying fuck clap, <laughs> like that was like all written out, and I was like, that's a weird tweet. No, with the emojis. <laughs> so if it was spoken as a sentence, what would it sound like, Lucas? <laughs> okay, we're now far enough away from the clap sync where I can do this. Yeah. Don't fuck with spiders. Check out my SoundCloud. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad these are your dreams now and not the shit that used to fuck you up in high school. Oh, no, I, I still get that. Oh, dude. I thought he was going to talk about his milkshake dream. That was just him getting a milkshake, honestly. See, that was a good dream. You have such quaint dreams. Uh, the other night, I had a, a dream that a spooky monster man uh, harassed me in a grocery store. <laughs> what I was kind not of cool mon- with it. He what was, kind of monster man? Um, imagine if Nosferatu was only like four feet tall, but he had <laughs> really long arms. <laughs> So like four foot body, but still like regular six six for rock two arms. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of vivid dreams lately, but I can't remember any of them. Why? Like I, I only remember them within like the first like hour of me waking up, and then I forget them forever. When did? What made vampires hot? Like. Oh, that's a good question. Now, because now we got like JoJo's vampires and Twilight vampires, and they're all hot. But then the original Bram Stoker era vampires are just weird old men. What happened? Um, well, I, I think to figure that out, we have to like go back and find like the earliest instance of like the vampire being like the protagonist, or like you know, like uh, interview with a vampire had like Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, I wanna say. Mm-hmm. That's and, like, like the first like scary movie I ever watched. It's but, just but, gory. But those are like straight up hot vampires. Like they're supposed to be like hot southern rich vampires. Um that's the first one that I can remember where the vampires were hot. I don't know if that's where it started though. I I'm assuming there's probably like an early Dracula film that kind of like played on like the tall, dark and handsome trope. 
because mm-hmm. I feel like that works well with a vampire character. You're supposed to like no, absolutely. Seduce, seduce the women into, you know, their trance or whatever. But Nosferatu was nothing like that. I don't think, like, because I read Bram Stoker's Dracula, I don't think that Dracula was supposed to look like Nosferatu looked in the old movie. I think no. he was supposed to just be like an old man. Exa- yeah. Like, exactly. Like, a, like an old count. Like a tall, strong old man. I have to say, one of the, I like really feel like I missed out in college in that I didn't ever get the chance to analyze Twilight as a film. Ooh. So I feel like there's a lot that you can really go in on. There's there is a scene, the scene where he first meets Bella and they're like in that lab. Um, the props behind him are p- positioned perfectly where it looks like he has angel wings. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> we uh. Yeah, when we were in college, people were just starting to realize that a lot of the initial backlash against the Twilight movies was because they were movies for women, trademark, and maybe they were judged, and maybe they were judged unfairly. So that would have been an ideal time to, yeah. Not women, teenage girls. Okay. No, there's, um, well, I'm not going to say that. There, There are many groups that people love to hate, and one of those groups is teenage girls. Deservedly so. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like the Hunger Games might have gotten a little bit of a pass on that, but that kind of inflated beyond the teenage girl crowd. Well, the Hunger Games wasn't gendered. Every like guys um, liked the Hunger Games. It was just there was like a love triangle. I I read the Hunger Games books. I mean, like I was, I, I want to say I was a freshman in high school, so I was I was like. 15 when i read the hunger games series i read all three books i thought it was pretty good you know i enjoyed it you know it was a it was a good young adult fiction series i thought the movies were just okay twilight is very much written for like a female gaze but there is a twilight book that's reversed and it's like yeah it's like as if if bella was a guy and the vampire was a girl isn't that that's a thing yeah don't look at me. I don't know. No, that is a book. <laughs> like, they rewrote the book, but they made it so Bello is like, oh, it's really bad. It's a really bad name. <laughs> oh, my. It's like, I, I want to say it's like Borton, and it's not that, but it's like something really weird and old. It starts with a B. And then Borton will be the name of my first son. It's like Borton Edwardia or something like that. <laughs> Borton Edwardia loves a vampire lady. <laughs> Borton Edwardia, if if they were a vampire, sounds like they'd be a just like an old sad cat lady vampire. Mm-hmm. Like Lisa, like if Lisa Berger was a vampire. <laughs> what if Fred Fred Berger was a vampire? I'd be terrified. That sounds fun. I want to say that Fred Fred Berger was a vampire in one episode of Billy and Mandy. Oh yeah, he was. I'm pretty sure. What? I don't, maybe I don't, I, maybe I'm making that up, but no, I, remem- I feel like there was a there's like a weird episode. It was like a one off thing. It was like a joke. I remember the episode where Fred Fredberger's premiere when they get frozen yogurt, the trial episode, and then like the episode where he joins like a superhero team of other Billy and Mandy characters, and it was supposed to be the start of a spinoff, but it never took off. 
I'm not let finding, us know. In, I'm not finding a record of Vampire Fried Fred Burger, by the way. We made it. A, it was a let us know. In, the Mandela effect in full work. Let us know in the comments if you remember a Vampire Fred Fred Burger. And that will send us into News of the Week. Tell, our, cut that out in post. <coughs> that is our opening and closing theme. Our News of the Week theme is the first five seconds from the victory music from Octopath Traveler. Come on. Square Enix doesn't listen to this podcast. It's fine. But they should, and they should give us money to do so. Ooh, BTW, shoutouts once again to sensual Richard Nixton uh, supporting us on Patreon. If you'd like to do the same, links are going to be down below. We appreciate it. Still no insult for you, Andrew. Man, he's got he's to hit us up. I'm, I need to know. Like, you know, the anticipation's killing me. Jade, how do you feel about Andrew possibly being implement, uh, implicated in sensual Richard Nixon's kink? Like, is this in a fanfic? So, <laughs> so she, Jade doesn't understand the backstory. Um, sensual Richard Nixon is our one and only Kickstart subscriber, or like Patreon. Patreon. Or, oh, P- Patreon. 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 Say that three times fast. Um, <laughs> so, Sensual Richard Nixon is the guy's account name. He gave us $10. You know, good, good man, salt of the earth. Everyone loves him. Um, and one of our rewards for being a patron is that if you give a certain amount of money you can send in an insult for me to read for the person so uh let's say central richard nixon wanted me to say that you know his mom's gay so he would send an email and say andrew i want you to insult me and say my mom's gay and i'd I'd come on here and say central richard nixon your mom is gay it's a weird choice of insult that you just came up with. I'm. What can I say? I'm, I don't. I don't come up with the insults myself. That's why other people have to send them in for me. <laughs> um, but yes. Yeah, so one of one of the tiers of uh, rewards is that I will insult them in the podcast, but they have to send the the insult in to me to read it off. Was the question, how do I feel about this? Because because it may um, be someone's kink. Like, ooh, yeah, someone insulted me. I mean, is it getting you more money? Yes. Then I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jade. I now have permission to whore Andrew out even more, and I intend to do so. So, I mean, just, just to be clear, though, you know, the tears of, uh, you know, being a patron for... The podcast is at is it is it ten dollars? Lucas is the insult. Ten dollars is the insult. Ten dollars, you get insulted by me, and for a hundred dollars, you can play Fallout seventy six on your own. <laughs> Fantastic transition, my good man. Take it away. Um. So, Fallout First is a new subscription service created by Bethesda, where for either twelve dollars a month. Or, or I think it's actually it might it might be eight dollars a month, eight dollars a month, or a hundred dollars a year. You can 
play Fallout 76 on a private server. <laughs> Meaning that you're just playing Fallout 4. <laughs> so for a game that you paid $60 for and went through all the bullshit that is Fallout 76, we won't get into it now because there's just too fucking much. Uh, and then an extra $100, you can play a game alone a game whose entire point was they took a single-player game and made it multiplayer. Don't fall for the capitalist lie! <laughs> there have already been a couple of implications tied to this. The first one being that Outer, Wa uh, Outer Worlds, a game made by Obsidian, a development studio that Bethesda kind of has some beef with. Yeah, they, they, uh, also, Obsidian used to work for Bethesda. Essentially, like, Bethesda bought their franchise and then right. let them make one more game and then kick them away and wouldn't let them make the games anymore but so the obsidian just made the outer worlds which is essentially a, a successor to old fallout games and people really like it and then the little bit of a tinfoil hat theory but also bethesda is absolutely this petty theory is that they release this now to try to get outer worlds out of the news cycle Oh, because people were talking about it because everybody loved it? <laughs> yes, yeah. And then this is coming out, and then people started dunking on that, or at least talking about it, instead of Outer Worlds. And I don't know if I have much of an opinion on that, but another thing tied to this is that when you go into a general server as a uh, Fallout First member, it's in your profile that you're a Fallout First member, so what other Fallout 76 players have started to do is specifically hunt down people with Fallout first profiles. Jesus. This game is slowly developing into a class war and I'm here for it. <laughs> you can tell who's on the upper class uh, even without looking at their uh, you know, first subscriber tag or whatever it is uh if they have that shitty nylon drawstring bag then you know they're part of the upper echelon <laughs> and then if they have a helmet that will kill you if you wear it that's how you know they are just they're the jeff bezos of the fallout universe if they're one of the 50 people who bought that helmet <laughs> i think it was even less than that i think they said like out of the, like, 20,000 models that they made, only, like, 30 people bought it. They I said was it, was, say... it, was, it was a small enough amount of people that they had all their cell phone numbers and could just text them. They didn't have to do, was... like, a massive recall. I was going to say 30, but then I hesitated and thought to myself, you Don't know what, that's, the too, that's the too sad to be real. But no, it's not. Maybe it is. <laughs> uh, next up, your baby got delayed, and the consensus on that is that Good, sure, totally well, fine. Well, the consensus should be that it got delayed. For uh, for reference, um, The Last of Us Part Two got delayed until the end of May of 2020, and it was originally going to come out uh, in the middle of February 2020. So it delayed for three months. People were kind of upset because they just announced the release date a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and the statement was, you know, we took a look at the production cycle of finishing it up, we realized that in order to, you know, get it out by that release date, we would have to put our employees through a bunch of crunch. 
and you know there's a possibility of not making a game with the level of polish that we want it to so we're going to delay it for a little bit to you know make sure that it's the game that you guys all deserve and we don't overwork our employees that that should be fucking applauded in today's day and age in in the universe where anthem exists Mm. a game that should have been delayed like probably a full year and was forced out being an unfinished product and as a result just totally tanked and is unplayable and no nobody cares about it and like half the team ended up getting fired uh in, in a universe where that exists people should not be mad about the last of us part two being delayed however people took the opportunity to just shit all over the developers online and say like i don't give a shit if you're overworked and kill yourself like i want my video game a couple weeks early so so that's fun i I, go ahead i was just gonna say yeah i feel like it's really shitty that people don't understand like crunch time and how that works because it's it takes advantage of developers and i feel like it's really awesome that um like they would delay the game rather than continuing to take advantage of developers because it's not easy working in that field and it's like just a continuous cycle of like working people into the ground until like they leave the industry agreed and you know what my consumer perspective now i have more time to play death stranding and outer worlds so (laughs) totally fine we're not even done with red dead redemption 2 (laughs) yeah we gotta we gotta finish that shit up (laughs) what part are you two at Chapter four out of Ooh. five plus an epilogue, I think. Get. Mm, yo, I'm not going to say anything. I don't know if you two have been spoiled yet. No, I know nothing about the ending. Okay, I will not even give a hint of what emotional state you two should get ready for. All right. I don't know why, but all I like thought of is like how we named our horse Carl, and when you said that, I'm like, oh my god, what's gonna happen to Carl? <laughs> the cornerstone of the game. Our gameplay revolves around the happiness and healthiness of our horse Carl. <laughs> can't can't horses die like really incidentally in that game? Yeah, our horse has not died. Uh, we No, yeah, we've had the same horse since the beginning of the game. Carl almost died once because I went hunting and then, like, I, like, was skinning the animal. And as I was skinning it with the horse standing right next to me, like, a group of, like, bandits jumped out of nowhere and, like, started shooting at me. And they missed me, like, 20 times in a row and just kept shooting Carl and then I'm like, oh god, oh god, oh god, but I can't stop skinning the animal because it's an an- <laughs> it's an animation that like you can't really do anything about. So I had to then dr- finish skinning the animal, drop it, pull out my guns and kill all of them. At which point Carl was on the ground, freaking out. And then I had to use like a horse reviver on him, and then give him a whole bunch of food to get his health back up, and then take him to a like a horse doctor. Give me the horse defibrillators. <laughs> That. <laughs> which was maybe the most stressful time in the game for me at least and and our horse is still going we've i feel like yeah i died because i um got attacked by a bear and i panicked and couldn't pull out my gun <laughs> i just kept punching it <laughs> and it, it just fucking it, killed us it killed us but carl was okay <laughs> hashtag protect carl um, 
So I'll, I'll let you uh, kind of get into this story, but, uh, you know, Overwatch 2 may be a thing. Um, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, in Overwatch 2, how much do you want to bet that Blizzard makes one of the characters, or, or maybe not even a playable character, but like maybe like the big bad um, who's like, you know, running the show, like clearly the bad guy, they make him super evil. And they make him like a Hong Kong protester. Uh, the backstory: Blizzard like ended up like banning a bunch of people that uh, were in support of the Hong Kong protests. Oh, okay. Because a lot of their customers are in China. I could see them doing some something like synonymous to that, where it's like this guy who's the leader. Of somebody who thinks Overwatch is evil or something like that is leading a bunch of protests or something, and yeah, there could definitely be something analogous in Overwatch too. Then again, we've lamented, we've complained about Overwatch and rightfully criticized it for not having any kind of satisfying narrative. So, I don't know, but you're right. I do think Blizzard, uh, Activision Blizzard, would be that petty. Anyway, the news article, uh, news point that I'm bringing up tied to this, is that Overwatch 2 is basically confirmed, which means that the sequel is likely to be out before the game has a playable black woman as a character. Have we talked about how every... I'm, I'm, I know we have talked about it, but like we should probably talk about it again, that every black character is evil. Uh, Lucio. Oh yeah, every okay. N- d- well, he's Portuguese. I know. I know he's black, but he's. I thought he's Brazilian. I. I don't know. The square with Brazilian. Yeah. The square versus rectangle of this is every evil character in that game is a person of color or somebody with mental illness. Yeah, that's true. Including Widowmaker, and she's purple. That is color. So- Championed, championed for its diversity in 2016. Look at us now. <laughs> How far we've come. Uh, boy, hashtag boycott Blizzard. Fucking sneak those protest t-shirts into BlizzCon. I'm ahead of you. I already don't play any of those games. Wow, Jade's, so progressive, Jade. Yeah, Jade's so focused on social wow. justice that she she never played a Blizzard game. <laughs> Do we have anything in the TV category? I don't. Um, I've been watching the Chilean Adventures of Sabrina. Wait, 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 wait! Is that the new Netflix thing? It so it was released last fall. But okay. It, it's like it's it's made by the same people that produced. Um, I'm pretty sure that produced um, Riverdale. Riverdale. It's in the same universe, but it's only on Netflix. It's a Netflix it, release, but it's not I made rec- by Netflix. If I recall correctly, that leans pretty full tilt into these being magical characters with a different set of values and social norms, right? A bit, yeah. Um, I would argue that Sabrina is much better than Riverdale. Ooh. Um, but 
so much darker. Like, it's on Netflix because I don't think it would be allowed on television. They're, they're Satanists. It's just, like, full-on occult. Yeah. Like, like the, the literal devil is the bad guy. Um, oh, and here's a spoiler, um, just in case anyone never got around to watching Sabrina and is like me and doesn't watch television until it's already been out for a year. Um, this is a spoiler, but yeah, like, a big story arc is that, um, she, uh, there's, like, these evil orphans that are live at the witch school, and they hate Sabrina, but they also, um, hate her boyfriend's family because historically they're witch hunters, and the grandpa, like, kills a, a witch's familiar, which is, like, a magical animal, so they, like, um, take voodoo dolls made to look like uh, Sabrina's boyfriend and his brother and crush them with rocks while they're working in their father's mine so the mine collapses and then the brother dies and makes Harvey super depressed so Sabrina feels really upset and also responsible so she uses black magic to resurrect him from the dead but his soul is stuck in purgatory so he's just like a like a shell of a person and it makes things worse, but then when she tries to rescue his soul from purgatory, it's eaten by, like, the soul eater that lives in purgatory, so she can't, um, so, but, like, also she was supposed to murder someone in order to resurrect him, but she cheated that because she buried the witch that she murdered in the magic, um, garden, so she, uh, she would just come back to life, but that didn't work because now, like, the, the balance of the earth was off, so then her, um, boyfriend had to murder his brother's soulless body this is metal as fuck and i love it already it's pretty great i recommend it yeah, yeah. if that wasn't you know clue enough obviously excellent television and salem the talking cat is in the background wise cracking the entire time right no salem doesn't talk in this version. oh that would just be ridiculous <laughs> come on if they could figure out how to do that in the late 90s early 2000s no excuse. We definitely make the vibe a bit different on the show. <laughs> Andrew, do you remember that one scene from the Venture Bros where Colonel Gentleman has Dean go through a bunch of VHS tapes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch and write down at one uh, what the timestamp of when Salem switches between a real cat and an animatronic? Sorry, I'm loving. Andrew only heard the end of that question because my dog is being needy. <laughs> Scruffy, come on. Honorary member of the podcast. To summarize, Andrew, do you remember that one scene in the Venture Bros where Colonel Gentleman is weirdly a super fan of Sabrina the Teenage oh, Witch? Oh, yeah, like made a list of every scene where it was a real cat versus an animatronic cat. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you still need to watch the latest season of that show, man. It's really good. <laughs> um, That'll take us into film, then. And the only thing I have written down is that there was another Star Wars Episode Nine trailer. Yeah, I think I saw an ad for that on a YouTube video, and I went, huh, and then I forgot about it. Yeah. Just more Star Wars. The director behind it, I think, is one of the most over-celebrated directors working right now. So, Which director is that? 
I don't, I don't know who's directing it. Like, who's the director? He, oh my god, he is so forgettable. I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, the Cloverfield guy. Oh. Wasn't wasn't J.J. Abrams? Yes. What? J.J. <laughs> Abrams is forever the Cloverfield guy. I mean, personally, I know. Well, J.J. Abrams, I don't think he didn't direct Super Eight. He was wasn't he like the cinematographer in Super Eight? No, he actually, dir- he, he. I think he was everything. Like that was his passion project. Oh well, I love Super Eight. So. Like his just dumbass mystery box philosophy of filmmaking is bad, and I don't care for it. Dumb? Did you say dumbass mystery box? <laughs> Yes, that is it. Because his whole shtick is, oh, when I was a kid, my grandfather gave me a box. And to this day, I haven't opened it because the potential of what's in it is more enthralling than what it could ever actually be. And all of his movies then contain misdirects and twists just for their own sake. And I do not care for it. Oh, you you don't like that he puts the... the twists in his films don't function as part of the narrative, but rather function more to get a reaction out of the audience. Exactly. So you hate horror movies. <sighs> I would enjoy J.J. Abrams' films if they were horror movies, but as they stand, where he is deliberately misrepresenting his own work in trailers and well he doesn't cut the trailers you have to remember that he doesn't have control over that there are people that are specifically contracted to cut trailers and they have their own style of cutting i'm not saying the cutting i'm saying the general tone and message of a trailer like for the uh first new movie in the star wars trilogy they intentionally made it seem like finn was going to be the jedi and then it's nope ray is actually and like so you don't hate J.J. Abrams, you hate the person that's cutting those Star Wars trailers. J.J. Abrams <laughs> directed <laughs> them to put that in the... <laughs> Lucas just wants That is the message he wanted to put out there. every story beat before he sees the movie. Okay. Well, okay, I have two things to say. First, I have you seen Super 8? I have not seen Super 8. So you I would actually probably really like Super uh. 8 because it's like just what I said. Like you'd like J.J. Abrams if he directed a horror film and Super 8's pretty close to that. Um, okay. Also, uh, you should watch. Um, oh, what's that movie? Um, with Cameron Diaz, and is it Cameron Diaz? And it's like Jack Black, and then it's um, oh, the okay. hot British guy, and she goes to the UK for Christmas because like she like swaps houses with someone, and like I think Kate Winslet's in it too. Um, but oh god, I can't remember the name of the movie. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Shit doesn't. Yeah, and isn't there like a uh, celebrated director in that movie? No, she, where she she is. Um, her thing is that she's like the best uh, trailer, like movie trailer maker in Hollywood. Oh, so okay. You should watch that to learn a little bit about how trailers are made. <laughs> okay, that. That may very well help my professional career as, I don't know, I guess the easiest thing to describe myself as is an entertainment critic right now. So, okay, cool. That's also just a good rom-com. Oh, That has right. Jack Black in it as, like, a serious, like, character in, like, a, like, a, um, has, like, a, like, the whole, like, arc is that he, like, falls in love with someone, not, like, he's just there for humor. 
which is interesting. Oh, yeah, Shallow Hal. Oh, I forgot about Shallow Hal. <laughs> Jason Alexander. <laughs> Do you guys know that Jack Black is making YouTube videos now? Yeah. Gaming YouTube videos. He has, like, a family channel. Like, he family vlogs, and they're really funny. <laughs> I am very okay that Jack Black just kind of decided he made enough money as an actor, cashed out, focused on his music, and is now doing YouTube videos. That is good for him as, God, probably late 40s, early 50-year-old by now. He honestly seems like a really chill, like, good dad in these vlogs, too. Okay. Like, it's not, you know, you ever, like, watch a family vlog and you're like, oh my god, these people should not be parents. And you're like, oh god, they're making their kids do that. Well, Jack Black's family vlogs are a lot of times him going to arcades with his kids and then, like, him, like, hanging out while his kids skateboard in the backyard. I... I mean, Jack Black is a giant fucking nerd. I can tell you that much. So yeah. I think he is super happy just to, like, expose the stuff he's interested in to his kids and help them find their passion. Mm-hmm. And that's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That'll take us into the other category. Uh, Andrew, I know we said we were going to put a pause on the AFL team ranking or um, XFL team ranking. Sorry. Uh, do we want to put a pause on Pierre Delecto, or should we get into that? No, let's put a pause on Pierre Delecto. I, I think it's a good enough story that um, we should uh, let Ryan be a part of it. I think he's the one that like originally brought it to my attention, so I think he really wants to... I think he would really appreciate being part of that. Very true. So this has been a for- <laughs> the foreshadowing of Pierre Delecto coming next week on the Voluntary Viewing Podcast. Next up, don't have a ton to say about this one, but this is just what it looks like when other people commit crimes in cultures that aren't America. Um, the Japanese government has plans to implement a new law requiring an ID check for the sale of gasoline following the uh, Kyoto Animation arson attack. And I learned about that as an American and thought it could be that easy with guns. But no. Yep. Fuck. Ah. Just that uncomfortable silence. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. They well, they do background check people in many states, but not all of them, right? But also, it's it's really easy to get around a lot of that stuff. And Mm -hmm. no background check when it's just a bunch of people in a field with tables. Mm With a giant pile of guns that you can buy. Also, just because you background check someone doesn't mean that you're holding them accountable for anything, I just realized. You could say, yeah, we background checked them, but what are the, like, what are your standards? Yeah, just (laughs) looking into someone's background doesn't mean anything. It's not like, oh yeah, and here he had a, a record of saying racist shit on Twitter. Like, I, I don't think that comes up in a background no, no, check, that, 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 That's what I'm saying. Like, just because oh. yeah. a background check doesn't mean you see who they are. It's like speeding tickets, outstanding fines, the level of debt you're in, and what kind like, of debt it is. And then, like, I think, like, domestic abuse is one of the few charges that can, like, get you mm-hmm. off of the, like, if a background check will not allow you to buy a gun, like, that's not a felony. Mm-hmm. 
because for some reason that's not a felony. And mm. um, for context, I won't say what organization, but I work for an organization that does background checks on people, and I can see the results of their background check um, when I'm in the f- like certain files. And like for example, like our standards are pretty like high, like speeding tickets or strikes, that type of thing, just because of why we're background background checking the people. But that doesn't mean other people mm-hmm. that conduct background checks are having those standards i it there is a lot wrong with america's culture of guns and the legality of selling them and a lot of reasons behind it some of them being financially interested some of them being social and it is a whole other podcast Mm -hmm that we could get into that and that people who are far more versed in these issues could speak to. Yeah. But I, we can continue and talk about more about toxic culture in the United States with the next topic on our list. Yes, we can. Andrew, what's going on with the Jets? Jesus Christ, I don't know. <laughs> um, so for context, uh, the New York Jets, the football team, uh, run by everyone's favorite uh, man with large eyes, Adam Gase, um, <laughs> had an offensive guard, a lineman, who they traded for from the Raiders uh, like last year, I want to say. Um, I, I feel sorry. I cannot pronounce his name correctly. I believe it's Kaleshi Osemile or maybe Kaleshi okay. Osemile, uh, so- something like that. You know, left guard. Uh, in the preseason, he tore his labrum, which is in his shoulder, likely should have been put on injured reserve and not played the rest of the year, should have gotten surgery right away. He, okay. he told the team that, and the team said, nope, you're going to play through it, and made him take injections of like really hardcore painkillers. Um, oh. And made him play through the rest of the preseason and the first, like, three or four games of the season and he eventually said nope done can't do it anymore hurts too bad like he, he had already gone on like two second opinion mris and it was revealed that the general manager had been sending in essentially fake mris to the doctors um and it's it's kind of unclear whose fault it was if it was the GM that was doing it, if it was the team doctors that were doing it, if they were being told by somebody else to mess up, whatever. But, I mean, like, obviously the player knew something was wrong um, and that he couldn't play through it. He was in too much pain. The team said, because you're refusing to play, we're going to fine you your game check every week you don't play, over $500,000 a week. So, like, he only gets paid those first three games of the season of his, you know, I want to say it was like $8 million a year contract. Um, And the rest of it, you know, if he doesn't play, he he loses. And he got the NFL Players Association involved, uh, finally got his third opinion, and the doctor said, holy shit, yeah, your labrum's torn. You can't play. You need surgery, season-ending surgery. Jets said, you're not allowed to have that surgery. If you get that surgery, you're in violation of your contract. Uh, We don't authorize it. He said, you know, suck my dick, basically, got the surgery, and the Jets cut him because he got the surgery, voiding his contract. And 
the NFL Players Association is getting involved. There are going to be a lot of lawsuits involved in this. Like, this is going to get Absolutely. ugly. This is going to get really, really ugly. And, I mean, like, I think I saw somewhere this morning that, like, the doctors that did the MRIs on him may be, like, held liable for violating their, like, medical oaths. Mm. Um, like, there's implications for the GM, for the coaches, for the team doctors. This may kind of change the way that, like, players interact with uh, the rest of the organization from a medical perspective. Like, it's just ugly, and I feel bad for this guy. I have no idea if he's a good person. I don't really watch the Jets. I don't know if he's a good player. I don't I don't know anything about him, but, like, nobody deserves to get through, put through that. You know, that's awful. And I... The icing on the cake is that the Jets are one, one win, six losses right now. No, as of they're t- not a good team. As of today, it's one win, one win, seven losses. The, I, it, and of course, that shouldn't matter when making this decision. Obviously, like if you are functionally somebody's boss or manager, and they are injured and can't come into work, then the right, just thing to do is to say, "Cool, totally understand." Take the time off. Get better. We have other people who can cover you. Not this bullshit. And it's just diarrhea icing on the shit cake that the Jets are... They never had any chance of doing well this season to begin with. Nope. Because the Jets are a garbage organization. Agreed. Fuck the Jets. Um... But you know what we don't want to say? We don't want to fuck memes. Memes are good. Don't fuck memes. Let's get into the meme corner. That may be my worst transition to date. <laughs> that may be my worst segue. Don't don't worry. This clip I'm about to play of Raiden from Metal Gear Solid saying the memes will save it. The memes. I don't know what that is, but okay. So Metal Gear Solid Rising, uh, I'm sorry, Metal Gear move. Rising Revengeance is a spinoff of the Metal Gear Solid franchise that focuses on the character Raiden or Jack, uh, who is a cyborg. He he is a cyborg ninja. Okay. Oh, like um, um like on Teen Titans. Yes. <laughs> like no, if no, Robin not like Teen Titans if but okay. Robin was the one who was a cyborg that is basically Je- uh, that is basically Raiden, Raiden. Oh, so he's like emo uh, yes ex- very emo exceptionally emo Um, and then that game is all about this uh, wearing all black uh, cyborg ninja uh, fighting capitalism and uh, just ideas in culture that lead to war and mass atrocities. And uh, also there's a wolf with a chainsaw for a tail. He's pretty fun. His name is Wolf. Uh, yeah, good, good, great. good name. His Very name creative. His name is Wolf. <laughs> um, anyway, Ooh. my favorite meme... Is it a spicy meme? <laughs> it is a spicy meme. Uh, for, for context, I want to say it's called Hot Ones. I, I maybe yeah. Um, like where they interview celebrities but make them eat spicy wings, um, so that they're freaking out and uh, coughing all over the place. Um, answer questions. You know, kind of. It, it would be like if Between Two Ferns had uh, the guests. You're just choking on spicy wings. 
Um, Paul Rudd did it. Refused to drink any milk or eat bread or cheese or anything. Just fully dove into it and started out with like, uh, he's like, look at us, look at us here. And then like the interviewer said, who would have thought we'd be here right now? And Paul Rudd said, not me. So it's like, look at us, who'd have thought we'd be here right now? Not me. And that became like the funniest meme to me as people would post that video with the caption, me and my friends at three in the morning when we're drunk and eating quesadillas on the corner of the street. And who'd have thought we'd be here right now? Not me. Look at us. They're just, just good shit. Did uh, did you guys see the Paul Rudd Halloween thing? No, I did not. So Paul Rudd's daughter for Halloween this year went as the Wasp from <laughs> Paul Rudd Ant Man and Ant. <laughs> you'd think, you'd think that he'd do that, but no. Instead, it is Paul Rudd walking around as Weird Al Yankovic. Which is with his daughter dressed as a character from a movie that he is in. <laughs> nice. That's good shit. What is Rise and Shine? Do you not know the iconic meme, Rise and Shine? It's garbage. I... It's, a go- it's garbage. It's not garbage. It's the, oh, God. It's the, uh, so, um, this will loop into another topic I want to talk about. So there's a, uh, Kylie Jenner has a youtube channel okay and on that youtube channel she posted like a day in her life um type thing i think it was it was like from like her i think it's specifically from like her office tour and she goes to um in quotations wake up her daughter stormy and she goes into the room and she like goes to turn on the light and she just goes rise and shine and like <laughs> turns the lights on <laughs> um and everyone kept like taking that out and like putting it into things like my um my sleep paralysis demon at three in the morning <laughs> rise and shine like stuff like that i can't believe you haven't seen that meme it's, it's hilarious i have not seen that meme i apologize it, it is actually it's like funny. my mom waking me up for sixth grade rise and shine <laughs> So, yeah, if we want to just transition that into, yeah, Kylie Jenner's YouTube. Um, this is in the breakouts, by the way. I don't know why I've been enjoying it, but I don't know. I've, I felt a lot of inspiration from... <laughs> Kylie Jenner lately she's just like successful confident like in control I don't know and I've been really enjoying her YouTube channel because it's just it's very bizarre because she's she's a billionaire and she's at a level that's like not even relatable in any way whatsoever to me or even like it's really hard to conceptualize having a billion dollars yeah. you know so like that is yeah it's just like watching the videos i'm just like it's like watching like an alien kind of maybe but i also i like her style so but yeah um if only i had my own cosmetics company with a gorgeous office in los angeles 
and inherited most of a billion dollars. She didn't inherit most of the billion dollars. No. She took her trust fund. She turned <laughs> it around. And oh, then man, she, that was she, a bad sneeze. She took the publicity <laughs> from her family's TV show and her sister and combined that with her trust fund and her Instagram following to pop out a company that like sold out every product within like the first week, I think. If only... <laughs> If only you were born into the exact <laughs> life circumstances where you could easily become a billionaire. Yeah, there. That, that's the. Wait that's a, what we're looking for. That's the statement I was looking for. <laughs> way to go, Mr. and Mrs. Morshauser. <laughs> I feel like I've been outed. We didn't mention my last name. <laughs> I said your name at the top of the podcast. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> they're not. They're not going to know how to spell that. No. You're fine. <laughs> it sounds like nothing. It, it sounds like someone sneezed into the microphone. <laughs> I mean, Andrew did. So. Yeah. Oh that, my that god. That was my last name. He didn't sneeze. Okay. He was just saying my last name. Okay. If you're really con- if you're really concerned about it and are fine with me putting an unnecessary amount of work into this podcast, I can clip Andrew sneezing and just play that whenever somebody says your last Please name. Please do that. Actually, I feel like that's worth oh the god. extra work. Yeah, like, dude, I'm totally okay with you putting in that extra work. Do you want this to be a success? Then you need to bleep out my last name with an audio grab of Andrew sneezing. <laughs> we are in the breakouts. Um, What is paranormal vlogs? Oh, so there's this great, awesome YouTube trend that I've really been enjoying it's been around for a little bit, and it's come so it it spawned off of um I don't know if you ever remember when for a while like um urban exploring was like really big on YouTube, like a lot of people yeah, were doing urban exploring and stuff like that. Yeah, and it got into a really gray area pretty quickly because people were breaking into areas that they probably shouldn't have been to make those videos yeah so that yeah so now it's kind of that has kind of dealt or become um now the big thing is like paranormal like investigation vlogs which is probably well i i watch mostly like the big people but i'm I'm noticing that I feel like everybody wants to do this. Everybody wants to make their own version of it. I want to make my own version of it. But it's basically um, main creators that I think of. The creators that I've been watching are Sam and Colby, who used to do Urban Exploring. Um, We all All love BuzzFeed Unsolved, who are in, like, their fourth season or something like that. Um, Hmm. Doing uh, paranormal investigations. And then uh, Glam and Gore, which is another... um, channel her name is mikey she also in october does uh paranormal investigations where you choose a haunted place and you show up there and you got your cameras and your microphones and your Uh emf reader (laughs) and your tarot cards maybe depending on what you're up to um if you're a serial killer yeah if you're buzzfeed unsolved and you got you're very advanced at this point you got like your spirit box yeah. Spirit Bomb, like Yu Yu Hakusho? Oh, Spirit Box. No, I'm sorry. Spirit Bomb was Dragon Ball. I apologize. I don't know Spirit that. Gun was Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so they're going, showing up these places. They're basically trying to capture evidence of ghosts on camera. Um, but they're more, I find them really entertaining because it's kind of like watching like a group of friends like just hang out and bullshit and have fun. 
but there's also ghosts involved. So it's been getting me in the spooky mood this nice. year. And uh, the other night, uh, last night, we went to a haunted place, but it was dark and raining and I was afraid of being caught for trespassing and also afraid of ghosts. So we didn't, we walked around for five minutes and left. Are you guys comfortable saying where you went in the greater Madison yeah, area? Yeah, um, we went to Sanatorium Hill. Which is okay. open um, during the day. Uh, there is an outdoor museum there, which we didn't really find. I want to go back there during the day. Like, actually, like, It was maybe, dark and raining. Like, actually film stuff. Yeah. I couldn't film anything because it was raining. I don't have a rain cover for my camera. Um, hmm. So, I actually go back and, like, film stuff and find the outdoor museum. But it's Sanatorium Hill. It used to be a sanitarium um, okay. for tuberculosis, I believe. And it has since mm. been converted to a social services building, what's left of the campus. And most of it has been torn down except for, I think, one nurse's quarters building. And then there is a small museum, I think, that kind of pays tribute to the sanitarium. It's on, like, the right. north side of Mass, like, the far north side of Mass, and, like, on the other side of the lake, which I think is, like, driving around at night in the rain, it's kind of a spooky area. Because <laughs> it's kind of, like... It feels like the middle of nowhere, even though you're technically still, like, in Mass or really close to Madison, but right in that kind of weird, like, we're, this ain't Madison anymore type area. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just been loving the paranormal vlogs, and uh, my favorite are the ones on the channel Glam and Gore, because she describes herself as a skeptic, so they're not, I feel like she's she's not trying to actively trick me. Like, she's not trying to make me believe things that are fake. Um, but the Sam and Colby ones are pretty funny. Because I th- I feel like any noise to them is terrifying. It's really funny to watch. <laughs> so, I'm happy for yeah. you. I'm glad I, that you're enjoying this. I really this. recommend watching them. Like, dive into that other side of YouTube that you don't visit much. See what the kids are into. I... You know what? I will ask you about some of that stuff uh, once we get into the group chat. But before then, I just want to say, while we're still in the breakout section, uh, I am at about hour eight of Dragon Quest right now. Um, Still enjoying that. Uh, It's weird, though, this being, I think, one of the oldest video game series that's still running, is that they still have flavor text in there that they don't really need because nowadays everybody knows how a video game works. Like, the only way to do a hard save in these games is to go to a church or, like, some other holy place, talk to a statue, and then it'll ask you if you want to save. You say yes, turn the game off, and then when you turn the game back on, there'll be a thing that says... Oh, yeah, with the holy power of whatever, we protected you while you were gone, blah, blah, blah. As an explanation for why your character didn't get fucked up while you weren't playing the game, but it's like... 2019, we know nothing is going to happen to the character when we're not playing the game. That's how a video game works. I I think that's just some, like, fourth wall breaking, like, fun. I don't think think that's, like, trying to hold the player's hand and be like... Yeah, this is real, and like I mean, I could, I I could kind of see them making an RPG, making a game for people who had never saved a game before in 1989 or something, having to put a line of dialogue in there explaining that 
because people questioning why their character didn't just die when they weren't playing, you know? I could see that as a consideration and this being a holdover from that. I don't know. I, I, I play two video games. I play Red Dead Redemption 2 and I play, um, oh God, I'm having a brain fart. Angie, what do I play? Hollow Knight. Thank you. I keep wanting to call it Bone because that's a, that's a comic book that the art in Hollow Knight looks like. I had never put that together before, but okay. Yeah. There's... It just looks like Bone to me and I keep wanting to call it like Bone Knight or something. There's like a 60% overlap. Yep. Um, I can see that. Yeah, I play Red Dead Redemption 2 and I play Hollow Knight. So. Very, very different games. Um, and then my only other breakout, uh, breakout is that Chainsaw Man is still phenomenal. Uh, we find out that the other girl that Chainsaw Man had been interested in is actually... She's either the bomb devil fiend or like somebody who has a contract with the bomb devil and she is terrifying now and chainsaw man was saved by the shark fiend who after she bit out chainsaw man's tongue and cut off his hand just this naked guy wearing goggles saved him from dying and that's a lot of fun it's great and i'm looking forward to see where this development goes andrew what are you checking out Nothing. Um, I rewatched Annihilation recently. Um, and wa- okay, I support you more in that than watching uh, that movie I hate. Um, the bad Blade Runner. Go on. Oh, oh, you mean the best movie of the last 10 years? Blade Runner 2049? Um, it's beautiful. Uh, so is Annihilation. I- Annihilation is very good. Um, you know what? Blade Runner 2049 sure is a lot of pretty colors. I'll give you that. Anyway, another movie with a lot of pretty colors, Annihilation. Um, I would say it's not as impactful on a TV, on the small screen, as it is in a movie theater. I mean, like, and that that should be obvious, but it didn't have the same, like, feeling uh, for most of the movie. That end, like the end scene, though I guess not the end scene, but like the the point where she gets to the lighthouse, I'd say made me feel just as anxious as it did in the movie theater. So oh. I I think that um, it being on a 4K TV helps, but mm-hmm. like I think that's just some really solid filmmaking. Um, I but like yeah, just really really good movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't I, I didn't feel as scared as I did when I first saw it, but just so good. I, I I agree. Annihilation is a really good movie. Um, just to my tastes, I wish they still wish that they had pushed uh, some of the body horror stuff a little bit further. Um, Lucas, if you want to watch a rated X um snuff film, snuff film, you can go find that somewhere else. <laughs> I. I don't want to watch a snuff film, though. I want to see some Junji Ito shit be brought to life by... Have you by... ever um, watched Eraserhead? I have not seen Eraserhead. You should Head. probably just watch Eraserhead. I've seen a lot of stuff inspired by Eraserhead. It's not Eraser. I I only saw a clip of Eraserhead in um, an avant-garde film um, lab I was in, and I uh-huh. thought I was going to puke. So I think you'd like Eraserhead. Okay. Check out Eraserhead. Oh, if we're 
we're just talking about things that we're checking out right now too like or um i want to mention that i really want to um work on continuing to become i don't know like i I don't want to stop learning i want to continue trying to make myself more cultured i guess this sounds like so uppity i'm trying to read the version of venice because i've never read a shakespeare play like all the way through so and you pick the Merchant of Venice. I, to start well, I just out. saw someone like mention it offhand as like an easier one to read. Andrew, resident Shakespearean expert, does that track? Um, I've actually never read the Merchant of Venice. <laughs> resident Shakespeare expert, everybody. I've heard that it's easier to follow. Um, if you're not okay. someone who loves Shakespeare. Mm, all right. So yeah, that's what I'm checking out. <laughs> cool um trying to think of anything i'm like half looking out on the side uh emma and i have been watching a new anime called welcome to devil high school which is about a human boy (laughs) who is you never cease to who is who is adopted by one of the strongest devils in all of hell who is also just a very thinly veiled, coded, older gay man. This and and he goes to the high school that the one of the strongest devils run uh, runs as like the principal, and just accidentally gets his way out of a lot of bad situations and barely hides the fact that he's a human from a school of creatures that will eat him if they find out he's a human. Why this sounds like every anime I've ever half watched smashed yeah. into one series. There's another anime that's a lot like this that I watched one episode of. What am I thinking of? Where the guy he's a, he's a demon and he's like a teenager. Are you thinking of uh, Death Note? Yeah, isn't that just Death Note? No. Death, he's not a demon. He's not a demon. No, like this is a comedy. I said I only watched one episode. Death Note is you. You should. uh, (laughs) You know, yeah, the first season of Death Note is worth checking out for anyone. Um, Actually, season two has one of the best openings in anime. Whatever. No, like this is a comedy, and like there's kind of a monster guy, but there aren't really like any actual devils in Death Note, and yeah, yeah. Oh, and then I've seen the new episodes of my uh, the latest My Hero Academia season, and boy, it starts out really tone deaf and is only going to get worse. As somebody read ahead in the comic. All right. Uh, but since we have twenty five minutes until the Packer game kicks off, let's move into the group chat. I I don't think that there's anything that we're checking out at the same time, though. Jade, I have a question for you. Yes. Is Trisha Paytas still claiming to be a trans man? Um, Trisha Paytas, I believe, is claiming to be a trans man, but she's also apparently pregnant and getting married next week. But here's here's my thing. We've talked about, you know, fuck Trisha Paytas, why she's awful. Uh, you and I, I don't think I, Lucas, she's but... awful. I think she's oh, just yeah. tr- a she troll. Is. No, she's just crazy and terrible. But I mean, there's she a difference. You? I she's kind of hurting the trans community right now. Well, that was the thing, but people 
that are already really elevated in that community or res- responded to it, like people that actually know her. I I do truly believe though that Trisha Paytas is trying to pull some shit where she is going to try to marry herself. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. I think that she is going to try to claim to be trans and non-binary and also a woman all at the same time because she's done that you know she said just because i'm trans doesn't mean i don't identify as the gender i was born as exclusively i think she's just trying to pull some shit where there's going to be a gag where she is two people at once and marries Mm -hmm. herself though okay this is um her whole thing that coming out as trans is i feel like is it a situation to be taken delicately and um gg gorgeous who personally knows trisha um talked about it uh and gave her response and um like well trisha didn't like reach out directly to her i don't know it was like a weird but they uh gg gave her response about it and stuff like that and i feel like some of the stuff that she said as someone who um is transgender and like went through transition i think was very um it was well put. So if you aren't familiar with the Trisha situation and you care to learn more, I like that was like I liked watching that video. Um But yeah, I mean if you ever like feel like if you're ever like, you know, I just wanna feel like I'm like in a fever dream and like I, d- I don't wanna know what's going on around me, like just go to Trisha's YouTube channel. And check that out. <laughs> <laughs> i don't like watch her channel regularly anymore like i i used to watch it like pretty much weekly but i hadn't watched it in like a couple months when i heard about this and then i like tried to watch some of her videos and i couldn't really get through them oh so you made an exception the weekend i was up yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, um yeah, I think it goes without say, but uh, public service announcement, don't use the identity of marginalized and uh, I guess uh, discriminated communities as a prop for a bit you're doing in a YouTube video. But also... It's bad and does a lot of public harm. But also don't make assumptions and... um based on what you see on YouTube because most creators bulk record. So when you're seeing someone in front of the camera, you have no idea if that was them a month ago. I uh, I understand where you're coming from with that, but that's still a thing she put out into the no, world. No, that's true. That... Yeah, I agree. Okay. But like yeah. um people get confused on Trisha's channel a lot. Um I I like I'm a comment stalker. People get confused on Trisha's channel a lot, and I think what happens is Trisha, um, she'll bulk record, and then okay. she won't push stuff out for like a couple weeks, and she doesn't, and they don't go out in order because she she does kind of like she is a bit of like a troll, and she does like play like a character in a lot of her videos. So like one video, like she has like a couple different like types of videos. I feel like it'd be interesting to, like analyze her channel. She has. Like, she's got her kitchen floor videos, which are, like, all, like, breakdowns. She's got, like, product mm-hmm. reviews, which are, like, more stylized. And those take place in a different room. Um, like, life updates prod- are, like, filmed differently. And, like, you never know when she's filmed them. Because she'll, like, film them 
she'll like film them all at once. But also, some people think she's okay. Okay. I well, I just want to see what happens after Um, she gets married. I want to see where this is going. It's not a real marriage. I just really I want to know what's happening. Her entire life is a carefully constructed thing to get clicks. Oh, none of it's real. So people were like hypothesizing in like the comments that like maybe she was getting married to Aaron Carter for some reason. Um, and then I was like, huh. And then I went to Aaron Carter's Twitter, and that is something interesting. Aaron Carter's not doing great and hasn't been doing great for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on because I'm like, there's a lot of like, he has a, like a pretty, he's got a solid fan base. So I'm not even going to say anything that I read because I don't know what any of it means. But I don't think he's marrying Trisha. <laughs> Good. Good for both of them. <laughs> um, Andrew, what do you think the Packers are? Uh, the Packers chances are against the uh, against the Chiefs in 19 minutes. Well, I mean, by the time this podcast gets out, I mean, the game will have already happened. So, we'll see. I think our chances are good, but the Chiefs are a very good team, even without Patrick Mahomes. So, we'll see. I And I can tell your response is like the way of you politely implicating that we should wind this down so everybody can get ready for that game. Um, but yeah, I just want to say that uh, while I understand and respect and definitely the right call for the Chiefs to uh, not play Mahomes this week, uh, I do feel kind of robbed because... Boy, it would have been great to see two of the greatest quarterbacks play against each other. Uh, in uh, two of the greatest quarterbacks right now play against each other in football. That that would have been terrific. Not going to happen. Might not happen for another four years, and they could just be totally different players by then. Uh, but also, it would make those all-state commercials featuring both Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers hilarious. Absolutely. And we are getting to the end of the 72nd episode of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please remember to like this episode, leave a review, subscribe for more, give us a rating, pretty much all the stuff you can do to support the podcast, depending on what platform you are listening to it on. Uh, Also remember to check out our Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash voluntary underscore viewing. If you want to join the likes of Central Richard Nixon and chip in a couple bucks to help us keep the show going, we would definitely appreciate it, and there's a lot in it for you. To keep up to date, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at V2 underscore podcast. And if you have any questions for us or business opportunities, you can either send us a message um, through SoundCloud or send us an email, voluntaryviewing at gmail.com. I'm Lucas DeRyder. I'm a freelance writer. I have a piece going up, I think, early next week, or early this week when you listen to it, uh, about the upcoming Pokemon games that uh, definitely think you should check out. And you can find that on my Twitter, at LucasTheWriter. Jay, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Um, you can check me out at Instagram, uh, jadem1113. Um, might be putting out some fashion content in the near future, if you're interested Ooh. in that. Um, but yeah. Super quick fashion question for you, Jade. I was told recently that I look good wearing dark green shirts. 
where can I buy dark green shirts? I don't know. Just Google dark green shirts and go on Google Shopping. <laughs> Terrific fashion advice. Thank you for that. I, I'm going to follow. I'm going to create another account on Instagram just to follow you again, so I can be double sure to get those tidbits of wisdom. Cool. <laughs> And thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast, and thank you all for listening. Do we have a non-sequitur we want to end on, or are we just going to play it straight? Or have I ruined it already? You've ruined it already. I'm done. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) 